I'm Sierra Reed Langston, and this is the HIPAA Critical Podcast. The Internet of Things IoT is one of the most prominent tech trends to have emerged in recent years. In simple terms, it refers to the fact that while the word Internet initially referred to the wide-scale networking of computers, today, devices of every size and shape, from cars to kitchen appliances to industrial machinery, are connected and sharing information digitally on a global scale. As with every aspect of our lives, the global coronavirus pandemic has undoubtedly affected the way this trend is developing and impacting our lives. In a world where contact between humans is, for now, more limited, contact between devices, tools, and toys can help us to remain connected. So, here's my look ahead to 2021 and some of the ways we can expect to see this megatrend playing out, and playing an increasingly large role in how we live, work, and play. Healthcare investment in IoT to skyrocket from telemedicine to automated home help for the elderly and disabled, smart wearables, sensors, and connected devices will continue to change the way healthcare is delivered. The Internet of Things is transforming healthcare from smartwatches to modern cars. For listeners who are not familiar, IoT is defined as software or hardware that has a direct connection to the physical world. All systems, network, mobility, collaboration, security etiquette need to connect and work together. Have you ever wondered how to mitigate the vulnerabilities that stem from IoT? Well, in this episode, that is what you will find out. We're going to provide you with common vulnerabilities and current risks with devices that you use every day. Smartwatches and modern cars, to name a few. Today, we have Bruce Snell, Global Vice President of Cybersecurity Strategy and Transformation at NTT Security, to discuss this topic in greater detail. With over 20 years in InfoSec, Bruce is well-versed in finding the right solutions to customer pain points. In addition to traditional IoT and IT security, Bruce has spent a great deal of time on IoT and operational technology security in areas such as smart cities, automotive, and manufacturing. Hi, Bruce. Thanks so much for being with us today. Can you provide some background on NTT security? Really, who you guys are, where you're located, and who you all serve? That would probably be a great starting point. Yeah, sure. Of course. Uh, so yeah, NTT, uh, you know, we're part of a, a larger global organization based out of um, uh, London and, and Tokyo. Um, it's kind of funny when I tell my friends in the U.S. that I work for NTT, they're like, oh, who's that? And, <laughs> but if I tell my friends in Japan that I work for NTT, they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. Um, so, in, you know, NTT is basically, you know, it's a, a large organization um, the entity security arm, we're basically a security services company, right? So we provide security consulting. Uh, we provide managed security services. Uh, so, for example, you know, organizations will come to us and they'll have us manage their SOC for them. Oh, okay. Uh, things like that, right? So because we're seeing, you know, there's been this huge skills gap for I mean, I remember talking about it 10 years ago, mm-hmm. right? A skills gap <laughs> in, in, in security, and it hasn't, it hasn't changed. Uh, so a lot of organizations are finding that it's better or it's easier for them to reach out to us to have us manage their SOC, uh, look at all their security events, do the 24 by 7, than trying to find those experts and have them you know, come in and in-house. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, great. And can you provide some additional info about your current role? Yeah, so I'm, well, historically, I'm always kind of one of those people that has like 16 jobs <laughs> within a company. Um, so my primary job is I work with our larger customers uh, and I work with the, the C-level executives 
to kind of get a look at what their plans are for security, mm-hmm. uh, what their what are the things that are concerning them? What are their issues? What are their gaps they're finding in their security coverage? And figure out the best way to address those. Part of the thing I like about working at NTT is it's not, I'm not a, a product vendor. So mm-hmm. I don't have to say, oh, you need to use this product, right? I'm not trying to to shove one thing down, you know, and, and make it fit every every single purpose. Right. So it allows me to work with different partners to figure out what the best solution is for 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 my customers. And and that's that's really, you know, I, I think that's the thing I really like about the the role at NTT. Inside of that, or I guess in addition to that, I also do I'm on the the larger kind of virtual team around OT security, mm. right? looking at security solutions for operational technologies as well as IoT, because it's still it's still a pretty nascent field, right? When you really look at it, um, a lot of the security leaders in IoT are still, you know, still in the the startup phase. Mm. Right? You're starting to see them get purchased by larger organizations, but a lot of the front runners are still, you know, kind of these, you know, round one financing kind of kind of companies, right? So, so it's you know part of my job here at NTT is also to look at that market and figure out what we can do to to kind of bring the best solutions to bear. Okay, great. And you mentioned IoT. So do you mind providing our listeners with some examples of common vulnerabilities and current risks with devices such as smartwatches and modern cars? Yeah, IoT is interesting because it's such a, uh, I don't know, it's such a varied field, right? Mm -hmm. You think about traditional security, uh, you know, for laptops or desktops, servers, that's all pretty standardized, right? I mean, there, yeah, there's, there's variances based on what you're doing, but IoT is all over the place. Mm, yeah. um, and a lot of it is because, you know, there's this concept of a minimally viable product, right? Let's, what can we do? What's the least we can do to build this product and ship it out to fit a need that we have right now, right? And that, that happens a lot in IoT. And because of that, there's a lot of practices that are done in the back end where you know they're not thinking about security. Mm. Um, a lot of IoT products ship with hard-coded passwords uh, already in, inside. Now, for industrial IoT, that's or we, we call OT. That's a that's kind of understandable because you know you've got you've got certain systems that you never want to have a password on. For example, like the um, safety information system, right? Mm. If you don't want to have to enter in a 14 character password if your factory is on fire, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, right. to try and hit the hit the red button, right? Yeah, that makes um, sense. But there's also things like you know a lot of security cameras or you know, just smart devices will ship with these, you know, admin one, two, three or password or something as kind of the default password. Mm -hmm. And people don't get around to changing them because, you know, part of IoT is that you just, you plug it in and you kind of forget about it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not, you're not interfacing with it every day. So we have the the huge issue with, with passwords. And then you've also got a lot of issues with, you know, with updating. Right. One of the things I always tell people, the number one thing you can do for security is to make sure you're doing all of your updates. Mm. Now, for your laptop or your iPad or whatever, that happens pretty much automatically and, and fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. And you'll get a pop up because you see it. You're looking at the screen every day. But for, let's say, your, you know, your, your front door camera, right, you're probably not interfacing it with it a lot. So you may not see those, a little update signal that says, hey, it's time to update. Right. You know, that's huge. So, yeah. So you will have your camera will sit there with an out of date OS that's maybe a year out of date because you haven't gone in and updated it. Right. And yeah, that's, that's a huge yeah. issue. 
Right. And that makes sense. Can you provide our listeners with info on Ripple 20 specifically? Yeah. So Ripple is interesting in that it kind of plays a little bit on the the, the way the IoT market works, right? Because uh, again, as, as you look at um, companies that are trying to get these products out the door, you know, a lot of times they'll, they won't do the development from end to end. So they'll use libraries that they get from different vendors or different open source libraries, things like that. And so Ripple 20 was actually taking advantage of some vulnerabilities in a TCP IP stack, right? So, you know, for, you know, let's take, for example, a, a security camera, like an, a smart security camera. Mm-hmm. Right? The, a lot of times the hardware vendor isn't going to go in and, go through the, the trouble of building up the the communication stack from the ground up, right? So they'll find something that's already existing on the internet or is existing as a known library, take that library and use it, right? And what happens is when you get something, you, you get vulnerabilities in that stack, then it starts impacting all of the other products that, were, that, were, that are using it, right? right? And so that's what happened with Ripple is it was a very common uh, communication stack that, you know, they found like 20 different vulnerabilities in it. And that, you know, that in, in turn didn't just impact one product. It impacted a huge number of them, mm-hmm. right? Because it, go, it does go back to that, you know, that minimally viable product, that getting something out the door as quick as possible and using, using software that, you know, you didn't necessarily code yourself mm-hmm. because it's, it's, not your daily, it's not your daily job, right, to, to build that stack, right? Right. And so that's why Ripple was such a big impact because it, you know, it, it impacted, you know, hundreds of different different types of devices mm-hmm. uh, because there were all these people using that same that same stack, right? And so that's that's why it was such a such a big issue. Well, thanks so much for um, giving our listeners a, a better overview of that. And what are your recommendations for ensuring security across IoT devices? Yeah, so you know, the number one thing is really you know put together some sort of program for making sure that they're updated regularly. Right. Um, this is one. This is actually one of the problems I'm trying to solve with the customer right now. Is that they have a number of different IoT devices like badge readers, and um, you know they're they're in airports, so they have the the man traps. You know that basically one door closes and won't open until <laughs> the other ones close. Right. And all of those are kind of registers IoT, and so they're trying to find some consistent way to make sure that all of those are updated on a regular basis, right? Because that's a big issue. So, and, I, and I think that's the best start is to try and figure out how you can get them updated. Um, if you can't find a product that will update them for you, build it into your process, right? Build it into your, you know, this is, these are the weekly maintenance things that I have to do for my IoT network, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of with IoT is that, you know, a lot of it does require monitoring, Right, because there's going to be things that you can't patch. There's going to be vulnerabilities out there that aren't that there's not a fix for yet. So that's where you start looking at just monitoring the traffic that the IoT devices are sharing, uh, and looking for you know malicious traffic that's going back and forth, or you know suddenly all your cameras are reporting to some weird IP address in mm-hmm. China. Right, that may be an issue that you need to look for. So there, unfortunately, right now a lot of the IoT security really is kind of an older model of making sure it's patched and also making sure that you know you're watching the traffic to look for suspicious activity. Right. Awesome. Great info. And um, how do you keep up with industry trends and best practices? Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> I, I, I was I was thinking about that, and you know, there's a lot of you know, obviously, there's all of the the industry sites that are out there, right? The you know, the, the security sites, etc. Part of you know, having been in the industry for 
longer than I care to admit, <laughs> is, is that, you know, I, I, I tend to know people at different, you know, that are now in different companies, right? And yeah, that are that's what we hear a more, lot. Yeah, and that are now doing more groundbreaking things. So I, I hear a lot of what's going on and what's new in the industry from connections that I made over the years. You know, part of it is, you know, because of being you know, in the position that NTT is, you know, the vendors are want, you know, want us to work, you know, they want me to recommend a product to, to my customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get a lot of information ahead of time uh, directly from the vendors saying, okay, oh, hey, here's what we're releasing next month or this, oh, is nice. plans, this is our roadmap. So things like that. And that's, that's, I tend to keep up, unfortunately, with insider information. No, that's fine. <laughs> so, Collaboration and networking. That's huge. That's what most people say. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the trite websites and all that good stuff that everyone follows. So, Bruce, what do you do to de-stress and relax, especially in this COVID environment? Oh, I two major things that I do, and they're, they're almost diametrically opposed. Um, <laughs> one is my daughter and I both do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. What? Um, yeah. And That's so, neat. Yeah. So, luckily, our, our, you know, knock on wood, our area has a fairly low uh, COVID case numbers. So we're actually able to keep our gym open so that we mm. can go and, and train every day. Our gym's um, open too. Oh, good. That's yeah. And, and you know what, I think for, and not to, you know, not to take, you know, this in a different direction, but, you know, I, I heard early on from uh, Michael Osterholm and he was talking about the number one way to try and minimize the impact is to stay healthy. Mm. Right. Yeah. So I've just been trying to exercise as much as possible and, and de-stress. And there's something very de-stressful about choking. Oh, yeah. It, so- it sounds very, yeah, that would relieve my stress for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. And then if I'm not doing that, you can probably see in the background, I've got my 3D printers uh, in my in my office here. And so I do a lot of um, just building random things. Uh, last This last year, I've been making a lot of Star Wars helmets. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so that's, that's a lot of fun because there's, you know, there's, the printing itself is, you know, kind of the shortest part. The longest part is the detail work, right? Like right. Doing the finishing, the painting, and all of that. And I find that to be very relaxing. Actually. Wow, that's amazing. You've got some good hobbies. You've got some unique hobbies. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Bruce, thank you again for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. And listeners, thank you again for joining the Hypocritical Podcast. Our next virtual conference is called Pawbox Spring Summit 2021 Secure Communication for Testing and Vaccination in a Pandemic. That was a mouthful (laughs) and will take place virtually on April 6th. We are actively looking for event speakers and sponsors and attendance is completely free. If you are interested in attending for free, sponsoring or speaking, please send an email to myself at sierra at pawbox.com, S-I-E-R-R-A at pawbox.com. We are now doing monthly Zoom social mixers and this is a place for networking for our customers and non-customers. Each attendee will receive booze of their choice, which is exciting, sent to you before the two hour virtual event that will take place over Zoom. Attendance is completely free and please send an email again to sierra at pawbox.com if you would like to attend. As a reminder, you can listen to other podcasts at pawbox.com or subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. Thanks again and see you next time.